Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish, see what I did there? Your mind, your body, and your spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, love fiercely, and probably make a ton of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours truly, Claire. Here we go. Hello, friends. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode 21 of the Yours Chuli podcast, where we go beyond macros. We ditch diets and we talk about nutrition and life in a more gentle way. So, this is nutrition that nourishes your mind, your body, and your spirit and allows you to live more gently and kindly with yourself. So, on this fine episode 21, I say thank you for tuning in. One, because I love a good pun. Two, because I have my first ever family member here on the other end of the line. So as you guys know, I'm Claire Tuning. I'm your host, registered dietitian and registered yoga teacher. And I'm so, so happy and excited to introduce my first cousin to you guys. His name is Chase Tuning. A lot of you may know him already, may know of him. He is the man behind Ever Forward Coach. So Chase, hello and welcome. What an intro. Claire, cousin, what's going on? How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself over there in California? You've moved far away from your roots. <laughs> I know. It's so funny to me uh, and a little nostalgic that you're you're talking to me from Roanoke and I'm in my new home here on the other side of the coast. It, uh, it brings me back for sure, but California has treated me well so far. Yeah, well, I'm glad. Before, for anyone who, obviously you can't see Chase and I, we were on video chat uh, record before we hit the record button. And he now, which if you follow him on social media, he's now rocking this like headband look, which anyone who knows me in real life knows that I wear headbands when my hair's in a ponytail. But yeah, tell us a little bit about your your headband transition, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is just a subtle ploy where I'm going to be like, hey, Max, we need to get in the headband game, the new thing from Everhold Apparel. <laughs> subtle flex. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, full disclosure, I'm an open book here. I have a man crush on Bradley Cooper. And, oh, tell me all, though. Yeah, yeah, amen, sister. And when I started seeing previews and trailers for A Star is Born, I was like, wow, I like his beard. I like his hair. I like his whole look in that movie. So um, shout out Bradley Cooper or Jackson Maine, I should say, from the movie. I've seen it twice. I cried both times. No shame. Uh, I loved it. So I'm trying to grow my hair out. And I got the beard. For some reason, my face hair grows way faster than my head hair. And uh, so I got a headband now just to keep it manageable in the growth period. All right. Well, shout out Bradley Cooper for shaping your sense of style. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, enough about hair. We know tunings have a lot of hair. So um, enough about the hair. I kind of want to transition into, so many people know you. Obviously, they know you as the face, the man, the myth, the legend, whoever you are behind Ever Forward Coach. But for anyone who maybe doesn't know you and didn't know that other tunings and weirdos out there exist in in the world, which if that's you... There are, there are a few of us. Um, 
Tell people a little bit about what you do um, and how you came to this idea of taking Ever Forward and making it um, what it is now or helping to make it what it is. Yeah, great question. And I think I'll kind of answer it backwards, kind of start from here and go backwards. Uh, I'm sure your audience has gotten to know you and loves you. I love you. I I was just telling you before recording that your your content is just so engaging. Uh, So everyone who's listening to this, go follow Claire right now. That's a must. (laughs) Um, But what, what, what I do now, what I bring to the table for the brand, our brand Ever Forward, is the coaching um, and the podcasting, but specifically, you know, let's talk the health, the wellness, the coaching stuff here. Um, for about a year now, we have created a health tracker app as well as an online coaching consulting platform and company, Everforward Coach. And I really saw it as the missing link. Uh, I saw it as this necessity in my clientele list and we called them patients. My last job, I worked in a concierge medical practice for about three and a half years. And I was an in-house health coach, exercise physiologist, uh, personal trainer, wore a lot of different hats. And in between visits, in between consultations, coaching sessions, testing, uh, people were either super compliant or super not. And it really came down to the common denominator being just lack of accountability. And going too long in between, you know, check-ins or sessions or reschedule after reschedule. And so I was like, there's got to be a better way so that when they come back, if they come back, that it's not like tail between legs, you know, like, uh, I didn't do what we talked about, or I I feel like I failed, or I didn't succeed as much as I wanted. Just kind of that, that constant struggle, you know, anytime we have like a new goal, especially when it comes to our health, it's, it can be very frustrating. And uh, all right, I want to be more present. I want to find a way to literally be in people's pockets. And so I uh, partnered with a then, uh, then a local health technology company, mm-hmm. shout out Nudge, and uh, we created Everford Coach. And it has been truly a godsend in terms of, you know, on the coaching side, just client management, uh, a way for us to consolidate all of our clients and our tools and our resources and effectively reach out and coach and work with people how they need coaching. But then for the user end, the client, it's, you know, they always literally have us in their pocket. We are just one or two taps away to have your health, fitness, wellness professional just at your fingertips. Yeah. To, one could say that they nudged you in the right direction. Is that true? Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know, I was sitting on that one ever since. <laughs> but no, I totally agree. And I think the idea of an app, you know, these days, we're all so, you know, our phones are sadly and kind of not sadly at the same time. They're always on us and they've become our friends in a way. And I think what's lacking in, you kind of mentioned you had more of a, a clinical job earlier before you transitioned into this wellness, this coach role. I think what's missing and especially the clinical realm and especially in the coaching, the online coaching realm is this idea of being able to connect with another human mm. and it's human connection. And it's building wellness through not only taking those tactical steps needed to like uh, eat your vegetables, drink more water, take more steps. Like, you know, the, the things that we know we need to do to improve our physical well-being, but also taking the steps to connect with a human through something like an app, an accountability tracker, an accountability partner, you know, whatever it is to give you that sense of connection and support that you may not get in a strictly clinical setting. So 
I love the app. Um, before we kind of hopped on this, Chase is actually showing me a little bit about the app and it's beautiful and it's it's really there to be that accountability partner with both ends, with both users. So I'm thank you, thank curious. Yeah, of course. I'm curious. So um, people are hearing you say like Ever Forward Coach, you know, the app that you've created. But if someone doesn't know where this statement came from, maybe they're like, oh, cool brand name. Like, wonder where that came from. Why don't you give them a little glimpse into the origin of this phrase? Yeah, absolutely. The background uh, to keep working our way back here. So Everford Coach, Everford Radio, Everford Apparel, these are all things that people now maybe know us for, me and my brother, Max. Um, but as a brand, it's very, very new. And I don't know if a lot of people truly know or understand the meaning behind it and its origin. Growing up, um, sometimes even, even with you, Claire, <laughs> sharing the same house and kitchen, um, shout out Uncle Jim and his uh, fishing trips and then the most amazing fish dinners after. Um, so growing up, our dad always had this phrase that he would say, just, you know, ever forward, ever forward, um, move forward. Like, don't let things get you down. You know, general like parenting, I think, but then he, he just had like a catchphrase for it. And we know now that he got it. He picked it up from his time in the military. Every unit you're in, you have a creed, a saying, and his, for his first duty station, he was in the national guard there in Virginia was ever forward. The 116th infantry regiment, Everford, like they go all the way back to, they were one of the main organizations who led the attack on D-Day on beaches in Normandy, um, even as just like this small collective group of soldiers, well, really just civilians who had rifles, like all the way back to like American Revolution. Everford was a phrase with a group of people before technically we were even a country. So it goes way, way, way back. And that was something that was very, very appealing and very cool and was even more appealing to me when I decided to join the military after high school and kind of continue that family legacy. But it was something that we, unfortunately, kind of bittersweet, had to really learn. And that was when he was diagnosed with a terminal illness in the summer, fall of 2003. And he had about an 18-month battle or so with Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And all throughout that time... It was terrible, right? I, I mean, I, I hope no one has to endure that, but it was just even more unbearable because of the nature of the disease. It's extremely cruel. The mind stays sharp. It doesn't affect the mind that we know of, but your body just withers away. Your body literally eats itself. Um, and he very quickly lost his ability to speak, was not able to walk, uh, went from a cane to a wheelchair, then to bedridden, then to hospital ridden for his past couple months. And you just watch your hero die. Uh, you watch this person just completely wither away. And all throughout that time, it was almost like it pissed me off so many times. He never got mad. He, he never was bitter. He was never like crying out to the heavens like, why God me? He was so, so accepting and peaceful uh, yeah. and just did everything he could to still put a smile on our face. And I'll speak personally here. Everford our kind of, I guess now catchphrase we've uh, to live a life ever forward, truly live a life ever forward. I learned what that meant. He taught it to me when he really got sick and I found out the severity of it. I was in my first duty station. Uh, oh, wow. This is bad. I don't even remember what our creed was. <laughs> I guess I was so embedded with ever forward. Um, I actually tried to get out of the military. 
Uh, I tried, I dropped this hardship paperwork with my unit. Say, hey, I have this extreme family hardship, which is a process you can go through to release you from your contract. And my dad found out about it. He was like, hell no. He flew, he was on a cane, could barely speak right before he got immobilized. He flew from Virginia to California where I was, spent about three, four days. It was, I think, a long holiday weekend. Um, just, just talking with me and just being with me and really helping me realize and making me okay that like chase, like, no, this is my path. This is not yours. Don't deviate from yours. Like don't let this obstacle completely block you from this huge potential, this, this new journey you're on in the military and becoming a man. And like, hell, I was still a kid in some senses. I was like 18, 19. Um, so he taught me then and there what it meant to live a life ever for it. I always knew was this phrase, but then it became my belief system. And then over the next like 10 years or so, I getting out of the military, going to school, uh, getting started in like the health and fitness profession. Um, it, it really truly transitioned from like this hardship and this thing my family went through to our belief system. And then, you know, lo and behold, my brother, shout out Max, you know, his creative genius, he's always got a business plan in his mind. Um, you know, he just introduced it to the world as Everford Apparel. And thankfully it was well received. And then like, a couple of years later, Everford Radio, now Everford Coach, and then who knows what's next. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. It's been obviously cool being a part of the family to, to, to watch you guys take this phrase and turn it into the brand and this motto. But I actually didn't know that, um, that story of your dad, or I call him uncle Chuck, right? Flying yeah, yeah. you in California. I didn't know that story because at the time when he was diagnosed and when he was going through that, I was 12 um, 11 or 12, maybe 13 at the time. And, um, you know, I remember some things obviously going and visiting. And like you said, it's a terrible disease. It's very disheartening. But uh, just to know that he flew out there to see you and just to know kind of in retrospect, 10, 12 years later at this point that you guys have taken something, like you said, this place of hardship, this terrible thing that happened and you've allowed this mantra or this motto to kind of stick with you guys and you've taken it to this belief system, like you've said, and you've both, you and Max have created something that not only the family knows and that you guys know, but a lot of people now who follow you on social media and who've joined in on the movement, they see it and it means something to them. So you've kind of taken something that was so close to your hearts, close to your roots in your childhood, and you've translated it into something that is so much bigger. So do you think that when you were growing up and when this motto was first introduced to you, uh, did you ever think that it would become what you guys have made it now? Like, did you ever think, you know, even in the slightest shot of your imagination that today you would be sitting in California, like working <laughs> Everford Radio? Like, was that ever a thought in your mind or did that just kind of unfold as the years played out? Absolutely not. Um, it, it's, it still blows my mind. When I think back to like when I was studying like my undergrad, I was like, all right, exercise science. I'm going to you know, I'm going to get smart and learn how to work out. And I guess I'll just be a personal trainer or maybe, maybe one day open my own gym. Um, the, the potential of this day and age of what we can do with our experience, our education, our certification, our passion is truly limitless, I, I believe. And even now when we have something, this brand, this belief system, uh, I feel it's kind of like an advantage because it, we have like a starting point. Like, I feel like we are still just scratching the surface of its potential. Uh, I don't think, e even when Max introduced the apparel line first, 
I was like, Oh, like, I want to do something with it. I always knew like I wanted to be a part of it. And I always knew, I think in a way it would be something more, but never to the extent of what it is now. Um, and I, I certainly don't think my dad had any idea of what would happen. Um, but it, it, it just continues to blow my mind. The, the people we connect with and exactly what you said, it, it has turned into something that people can make their own, which I think is amazing. It's beautiful. Um, and it's what helps keep our legacy alive, our dad's memory alive and just truly helps keep him and everything we do at Everford, I think truly perennial. Um, I had no idea, Claire, it, it's nuts. I mean, you, you think you start down one path in life and with one goal in mind and you realize that that'll probably never happen because you're meant to just like go a little ways down and then completely reroute. And then you're meant for something totally different or much bigger. Um, yeah. I, sometimes I look back and I'm like, how the hell did I get here? How is my job? now? <laughs> How's my job talking into a microphone or, you know, yeah. on my computer? It's weird. Yeah. I don't know if you're a, an Odessa fan, the music, the band, have you ever heard? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do you know their song? How did I get here? It like starts mm. out with these like really whimsical, like, huge uh booming notes and then like this little voice trickles in it's like the voice of an angel it's like how did I get here you know all these things and my college friends and I used to joke whenever we were faced with a moment when we were like how the heck did I end up in this position we would just like cue the song in our head so it sounds like you're having one of those moments right now <laughs> but one thing you touched on is you said the word limitless and how something that you learn as a child, some word, some phrase, something that you did can turn into this whole thing that you didn't even really plan. You may have known in the back of your head, like I meant for something a little bigger, or I know that I have a purpose somewhere, but you, when you really define it, you get into it. And if you're resilient and you can mold and shape and change enough, we realize that it's limitless, right? Like there are a million different things that we can do with it. And I think that plays a lot into mindset. And I think that's part of being successful, right? Or um, being on the track to success is having a mindset that allows you to believe that my potential is limitless if I keep trying. So in this whole concept of success is more of a mindset than a bunch of boxes that you just check off because I know this is something, I mean, feel free to object, but I feel like it's something that you agree with um, and that you definitely teach in your coaching. So maybe what would you say to someone who is kind of stuck in this idea of in order to be successful, I just need to check off these boxes rather than in order to be successful, I need to open my mind and realize that my potential is so much more than just this checklist. So what would you say to them? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. And I think this comes down to some of the foundational components of true coaching, just basic coaching 101 is you have to set the expectations. You have to set the parameters. You have to set guidelines, but more importantly, you have to set the goal. And I think if I'm understanding your question correctly, people can get very caught up in checking off these boxes, like you said, and like, okay, well I have to do ABC in order to be successful. And I don't think people these days, either they don't know or they're misguided in how they define success. Mm -hmm. And if you're checking off boxes for the sake of checking off boxes and doing all these things that you see other people do, um, it's probably because their term, their definition of success is different than yours. Maybe. Um, I don't think people have clarity around like what that finish line looks like 
truly. They have an idea. They have maybe something that they see other people do or other people's finish lines. And they just think that's what they're supposed to do. That's how they're supposed to look, how their body's supposed to look, how they're supposed to feel, um, their salary, their relationships. You're just stuck in comparison. You're not defining your own future. And I think that's something whether you're trying to change your body composition, whether you're trying to train for a marathon, whether you're trying to start your own business, whatever it is, you have to stay 100% true to yourself and true to your goal. And I, I think you really need to set your terms first, set what the goal is, set what success looks like for you, and then work backwards to figure out which boxes you're supposed to be checking off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think you bring up a really good point of what success means to you. I think, you know, I'm a dietitian. I'm in the nutrition space. You are in the nutrition, the fitness, the health, the mindset space, all of this. And what the first thing that I always ask my clients before we even agree to work together is, hey, what is your definition of health? Because I think you can really equate the same conversation to someone's definition of health. Because in this age where we're constantly looking at social media and we're constantly scrolling on Twitter and all these things were bombarded with messages about maybe what we think we should look like physically or where we should be in our life or where our relationship should be. And I think especially when it comes to health, if we can move away from this idea of I have to look exactly like her or I have to eat exactly like him, then we step into a much better place with our own health that leads us to a better place with success in general in life. Wouldn't you agree? Mm, Yeah. Uh, And this, I think, is one of the biggest sticking points for a lot of people And I will blanket this by saying, regardless of whatever your goal is, physical, nutritional, spiritual, financial, um, people I don't think are quite yet ready to completely be alone with themselves and be alone with defining their terms and be alone with getting clarity on what a success look like um, and and completely get away, like to literally put down your phone stop getting ideas. I think too many people misinterpret ideas and misinterpret inspiration and motivation for comparison. Mm-hmm. The idea and, fairy. Yep. Yeah. They don't even realize it. And in yeah. a way, like it's our own fault, you know, cause we have, I'm holding my iPhone right now and I can have access to anything and everything I want instantaneously. I can look at things to make me feel better about myself to compare, to quote unquote, get inspiration and motivation. But, um, that, that I think pollutes the mind in a lot of ways. And that's what drives people's initial idea of success and initial idea of what I'm supposed to be doing. But I would say the, maybe you listening right now, that if, if that resonates with you, if you're trying to figure out what you want to do, how you're going to do it, um, just spend time with yourself and really reflect, look inward for inspiration, motivation before looking externally. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's like a fundamental truth in life. Like my dad, myself, we have this thing where there are fundamental truths that you can't get away from, right? And I think spending time with yourself and being your own best friend is like fundamental truth number one, because that's why I'm such a big proponent of intuitive eating and taking the whole concept that you just said, being alone with yourself, but translating that to food. So what do you feel like when you sit down to have a meal? How do you feel after? How is your food nourishing not only your physical body, but your mind and your spirit? Excuse me. But taking this idea of being alone with yourself, I think 
for me, I was lucky enough to learn this a couple of years ago when I first started doing yoga, because the premise of yoga in the, the physical sense is obviously you come to a, a physical space on your mat where you clear your mind. And yes, you may be in the presence of other people, but on your mat and in your head, you're alone with yourself flowing through the movements. And the movement is kind of an access or an entryway to get you into this alone space, right? Um, And I think for me, that was one of the most transitional periods, even in what I take with my coaching now, is the fact that I learned or I found a practice, you know, for everyone, it does not have to be yoga. For some people, it could be singing, playing golf, knitting. I don't know if you like to knit. Um, It could be anything that kind of- Uh, I'm a knitter. Yeah, you're a knitter. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) No, no, no. Actually, (laughs) Um, but anything that kind of opens this door to this space of being alone with yourself and being okay with it, because- But I tell my clients is like, sure, I believe in the power of eating quote unquote healthy or nourishing foods. I believe in the power of moving your own body. But here's the thing, no matter how many changes we make in each of those realms, if we don't change the mindset first and foremost, you're still not going to be happy at the end of those changes because guess what? You're still going to be there, right? So I'm curious for you, obviously my stepping stone into this alone time with myself that's given me this peace of mind is yoga. But I'm curious for you, what was kind of the turning point or maybe what was the practice that allowed you the comfortability to be able to remove the iPhone, remove the TV and just sit with you and your long haired self? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To to sit and and meditate about how I can become Bradley Cooper. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, that's a really, really good question. And if I'm understanding it correctly, I'll answer it this way. When looking at me and even you, Claire, I mean, I think we're very similar. Uh, I know, I mean, cause we both make really corny jokes. Um, <laughs> yep. like we, I think tend to exude just positivity and optimism and just always have energy and people are like, what's wrong with you? You're a freak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, personally speaking, that it very much just is my nature. It's just how I wake up and ready to just like, you know, you know, drop kick the world. Um, <laughs> but if I'm, again, if I'm understanding the question correctly, I, I think how I kind of was able to get to my, my life yoga mat, my personal space, uh, yeah. and get really comfortable with myself was, um, I honestly, I, I was dropped to my knees. Um, life kicked me down and in a lot of different ways. And I've opened up and talked about this before, really more so this year. Um, The way I dealt with the loss of my dad was one of the most unhealthy things I ever did. In a way, I, this may be an excuse, but I just, I was there for him when he passed away. And then like a week later, I had to go back to being soldier chase Mm -hmm. and I didn't really have time I definitely didn't have time to properly grieve and grow through it uh, because I had to go back in the next like five, six years. I was a soldier. I was, you know, in the army and like, I didn't have time to like really process it. And if I did, like I could have messed up and cost people's lives possibly or to sacrifice my career. And so I didn't process it then, but then later on by me doing that, um, I went through a lot of mental health problems, uh, a lot of just anguish and um, like, mild PTSD and panic attacks. And I, I quickly realized that like, I was being brought to my knees. Uh, I can no longer just hide behind 
being happy and just like everything's okay and find a way to work through it. Um, because that, that inner wound was just festering. Mm -hmm. And, and then again, through that, uh, then I went through some personal relationship problems. Um, and just like all these things kind of compounded and I was forced, literally forced alone. And so I began to, I was like, well, I guess I have all this time to fill right now. Um, this thing, these things with my dad are popping up, uh, work stuff's coming up, relationship stuff's coming up. And so I, I just began to just really get still and quiet. I would do things by myself. I would go to the movies, go out to dinner, um, go out to get a drink, uh, just by myself. I would, um, you know, sometimes it was smoothie. Sometimes it was a vodka soda, total disclosure. I don't hide anything. Um, and then, and, and then that just being by myself was like, all right, well, what else can I do by myself? What else can do? Can I do that's going to help this alone time and help me get through this stuff. So I began to just write it out. I got like a $2 mead notebook from Staples. I uh, just began to journal. I began to read a lot more, began to look uh, and discover self-development. And uh, truly during that time, this is about three, almost four years ago now. Um, that's when I discovered podcasts mm -hmm. and audiobooks and these things that I was like, all right, I don't want to sit and dwell on why I'm broken, why I have this mental pain, physical pain. For whatever reason, I'm alone right now. Um, how can I just improve upon it and take advantage of it and truly look at the gift that this was giving me. How can I take advantage of this alone time? How can I take advantage and learn from this hardship and this anguish, which is not an easy thing to do. So don't just think that you can just, you know, flip a switch. Um, yeah. So journaling, doing things by myself and just really getting utterly 100% totally comfortable with being by myself. And that really, by being by myself, it really showed me what myself was, what that looked like, what I thought, what I felt and what I was willing to tolerate and not tolerate. Mm -hmm. So that when I open myself back up again, when my personal relationships, my professional relationships, um, my mental health stuff, when I was getting back into them, I was a much more true and authentic version of myself. It was no longer just me trying to force a happy go lucky version uh, to better show up for everybody. It was like, no matter where I went, I know who I was. And that only came from being brought to my knees, uh, life forced me onto my own yoga mat and, uh, just had to kind of look inward. Yeah. I like how you took the analogy of yoga and you carried it all throughout there. That was beautiful. Thanks for teeing it up. Oh yeah. <laughs> teeing it up and you just hit it par, par one. Is that even a thing? I don't know. Hold it one. There we go. <laughs> par you know, you one. Play golf but I think your, your answer there just really speaks to the fact that you are a natural optimist because yes, you were knocked down. Um, hopefully went through things that a lot of people shouldn't or don't have to go through throughout the rest of their life. Like, you know, the loss, the pain, the struggle. And at the end of the day, when you were going through that, it wasn't, I mean, obviously I wasn't in your head, so I don't know exactly how it was, but how you're describing it is it wasn't always from this place of poor me, poor chase, like this sucks. It's never going to get better. It was, how can I take this space and journal or listen to podcasts or use this time in my life that I may not love, but it's what I have. So what am I going to do in this space to make a better me so that when the better times come or when I have this better energy about me, so I draw better things to me, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. How am I going to be my best self for that time? One of my favorite favorite quotes. It's from, I don't, you're major into the podcast space more than I am. Have you ever read or listened to Brene Brown at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. So I'll give her full props for this quote. I heard it on a podcast that she was on. I don't remember the platform, but um, she simply says, you cannot give what you don't have. So I think in a lot of ways, taking time for yourself allows you to, like you said, get comfortable with yourself to realize what you do have. So what are my gifts? What am I good at? How can I support other people? Because here's the thing, you know, being coaches, you and I both know, we want to give accountability. We want to give support. We want to be there to help other people be their best selves. And even if you're not a coach, this applies to being a parent. I'm not a parent, but I imagine that's how it is. Or being a friend, right? Being a husband or a wife or a significant other. And all of us want to be that source of support for these other individuals in our life. But the thing is, we can't do that unless we take time for ourselves, whether it's yoga, whether it's being forced to take time with yourself, like you did, whatever it is, to figure out what we have to give. And that's why I think there's so much power in that statement, like you said, of spending time alone and being okay with that and going to a brewery by yourself or <laughs> to lunch by yourself, which I have definitely for. Yeah. I love my craft beer. I love my craft beer. The, uh, the health coach loves his beer for sure. Yeah. I remember one time I was in Cleveland with my old roommate. She um, did bikini competitions at the time and I didn't know anyone in Cleveland and there are a lot of cool breweries. And I was like, you know what, Claire, like you're a strong independent woman. I'm going to take this Gary Vaynerchuk book that I had and I'm going to go <laughs> and read it while I get a beer. And that's, that's what I did. So um, I'm a firm believer in being able to spend time with yourself and how powerful that is. But um, you're going through a change right now. So we'll talk about change. You moved to the other side of the country. You are changing every single day with, I'm sure, learning more about what you do, where you want to take your business, all of these things. And I think that speaks a lot to just being a resilient human being, being able to move across the country, do all these things, invest in personal growth, all of this, but still keep moving, uh, for lack of a better term, ever forward, right? Um, <laughs> so how do you think someone who's just looking at you and they're like, man, Chase has it all. He's killing it. He's so great. Like, how does he handle it? And how does he do it? Kind of what would you tell them, like a couple places to start um, to help build their sense of resilience and help them better prepare themselves for all the things they want to do in the future? Yeah, really good question. Really timely and pertinent. Uh, first of all, I will say that anyone listening, anyone you're looking at, Claire, me, um, uh, Brene Brown, Lewis Howes, you know, any of these people in our spaces that are quote unquote killing it. We may just be a little bit further along the path than you are, but I promise you we have the exact same struggles. Um, <laughs> it is not all glitz and glamor. You may just be seeing the highlight reel. Yeah. Um, people, life is hard. Okay. People, <laughs> life is hard. Yep. <laughs> uh, so keep that in mind. But yeah, I would definitely kind of piggyback off what we're talking about a great place to start, you know, this, this sense of resiliency and to build that up um, in major times of change and transition of just day-to-day -day life is, is getting comfortable with your own self for sure. Um, but also I cannot stress enough the personally speaking for me and Claire, I'm sure you're probably the same way. Um, the power of connection with like-minded people mm. just find anyone, uh, a meetup, a Facebook group, a family member, a, a person at the gym, the grocery store bagger. I don't care. If you have a connection with anyone, if you see eye to eye and you think there's more there, just put yourself in the same room as them. Hit them up, go out to coffee, go on a workout, take a walk, um, go to a, a lecture, sign up for a conference, anything that is interest, 
that is of interest to you, put yourself in more environments, more places. Uh, you don't need to travel across the country like me to like go to a conference or move, but you know, look online, find a webinar and just connect with like-minded people because that's going to help you feel more comfortable in knowing that there are other people like me, other people want the same or similar things as I do. Other people are going through the same or similar struggles. And I think people, we shoot ourselves in the foot too much in trying to change and be a better human being or self-help, personal help, growth, whatever you want to call it. And we forget the most fundamental fact. We forget the human factor. Yeah. We, forget, we forget that we're animals. We forget that we uh, have this biochemistry to us. And when you connect, you light up. Literally, like the science behind touching another human being, just being around someone's presence. We are human beings. We are animals. And that has an effect there is an energy amongst us and you can either be in a positive or a negative energy field. You can be in a positive or a negative environment, positive or negative person. So if you're struggling with that resiliency or just looking for a place to get started, just connect, go out somewhere online, I don't care in person and just put yourself in situations to be around other like-minded people. You will help them and they will help you. I promise you. Totally. I love it. And next time I see my, my bagger at the grocery store, like you said, <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> no, I love it. And, um, I think, I think you could actually connect more with the, uh, the person in charge of the produce section. You guys can make cool. True. True. I'd be like, mm, nice apples. Did you wax them yourself? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think it's funny how these interviews are always so cyclical because your answer there, the overarching theme was, human connection. And that's what we were talking about at the very opening point is, you know, what our space, the coaching, the clinical, you know, with you creating the app, it's just all um, needing human connection. And the more that we connect, the more that we find these like-minded people to help us along our journey. And in turn, we help them. It's kind of like this symbiotic shout out to biology for that fancy word. Because science. Uh, yeah, science, right? That we all need. Um, and that's why I love this idea of podcasting. I'm sure you do too. Being a business owner, I personally, I don't have employees. I'm a one woman show. So it's so nice to be able to connect with people, even if it's not always in the same physical location, but still build that connection with people who see eye to eye with people who have similar values and similar missions. So thank you for being a part of that for me. Yeah, of course. Uh, you're very welcome. And thank you for what you're doing. And uh, if I could just add one thing to that, um, I think what really makes, or I'll say what has helped make me what I just describe and define as a successful coach. Um, and I'm sure with you the same way, and maybe someone listening right now wants to do the same thing. Maybe you're an RD or a coach or interested or, or even a client, you know, look for this in your relationship. And that is what that other person is sharing with you. I, I don't care what your food journal says. I don't care about your workout program. That is not going to keep them honest. That is not going to keep them coming back and sustainable. Be, if you're a coach, if you're, on the other end, giving the advice or the programming or whatever, open up, show them that you have had the same or similar struggles. Show them the time in your life when you were really overweight or underweight or struggled with uh, disordered eating or had a loss in your family. And on the other end too, just like be vulnerable. I think if both people, client or coach were willing to be more vulnerable, willing to connect on that human level and just share that experience. Like that for me has always made me human, kept me human. I think a lot of times people, when they go to a trainer or a dietitian, they always want to like 
flex, you know, they always want to be like, you know, show yeah. them that like, yeah. Oh, you know, this person is the expert, but I can be like that too. But what you forget is like, you're both humans and you mm-hmm. both struggle and you both succeed. Um, and so I think if you can just on either end, it just open up and be more honest and share more of that human experience. That is what is going to, I think really instill that connection. Like, like you said, have that, uh, symbiosis, <laughs> I'm messing up the word, but yeah, um, yeah you know, that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's a true foundation. And, and for me, every time when I've had a client, maybe who has just really struggled, I feel isn't being honest, or maybe they're just not being honest with themselves, uh, is to share like my physical injuries. You know, when I got injured in the military and had to learn how to walk again twice and got kicked out for medical reasons, um, you know, I, here I am now, you know, in the gym six days a week, deadlifting 400 pounds. And they're like, oh, I stubbed my toe six months ago. That's why I can't work out. I'm like, yeah. Or excuse me, <laughs> you know, bull yeah. crap. Um, yeah. But you know, I think once you connect on that level and share your loss and your experiences, it it adds the human value factor, and yeah. I think that's what is is needed in the, this type of profession, this day and age. Absolutely, we need to like at Brene Brown for this whole conversation. She'd be so proud because one of her taglines is vulnerability. You, mm-hmm. This idea and this um, ability to open up and connect on someone on a personal level, rather than "Hey, I'm a dietitian. I'm a coach. I've gone through all the schooling to tell you that broccoli is what you need, babe." Right? <laughs> Instead of just saying that, it's "Hey, I've been there too. Um, here's an experience that I have in common with what you're going through right now, and here's how we're going to combine our humanness." with my expertise to get you out of there. So Amen, sister. agree more with that. Um, I want to be respectful of your time, Mr. Chase Tuning, because I know you are very busy and you are podcasting for the rest of the day. But I have two final things before we sign off. Um, the first one I'll ask you kind of just a, a question for contact. If anyone is hearing your message, maybe has never followed you before, wants to see some of these terrible jokes that you mentioned. They're like, <laughs> I didn't know there were more that Claire's, but yes, make it all. stop. Yeah, make it stop, right? But in a good way. So how um, how would they get in contact with you? Where do you hang out? Yeah, um, I'm pretty much most often on Instagram. You can find me at Chase underscore tuning, uh, spelled the exact same way as Claire because yep. we're the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, at Instagram, at Chase underscore tuning. And then, of course, if you want to find more about what I do and all the other Everford offers, just Google Everford. Um, you know, that's us, Everford Apparel, Everford Radio, Everford Coach. Yeah. And if you're into podcasting, which if you're listening, you are, uh, make sure you check out the Ever Forward podcast. That's always at the top of my list every week. Actually, before we logged on today, I was listening to an episode with you and a former guest. So make sure you (laughs) you. check it out there. Um, But my last question, my sign-off question that I will give you props. I was like, okay, Chase has a sign-off question. What can I do? Right. And what I've, what I've come up with, what I love, obviously my platform is gentle nutrition. So it's eating, it's living, it's loving in a way that allows ourselves to grow to the best version of ourselves while always patting ourselves on the back for what we do right rather than breaking our back over everything that goes wrong. So my question for you, Chase, is how do you live more gently with yourself so that you can be that best version of you without um, taking yourself out for all that doesn't go right? Great Great sign-off question, and I'll I'll kind of take this full circle, and I'll say is that I I finally realized I finally was able to define what success looked like for me, what it meant for me. Someone who has gone through I think 
a lot of the phases of of wellness, fitness over these past almost a decade from the early ages of like a bro split, you know, upper body, lower body, bodybuilding, powerlifting, power bodybuilding, um, count your macros, flexible dieting. Mm-hmm. I went through all of that and I counted my calories and I tracked my macros and my fitness pal and I was on the body part split and I was doing all these things because that's what everybody else around me was doing. And they, they knew what they wanted or maybe they knew what they wanted. And I was just going along with it and it kept me healthy. You know, I definitely was you know, a lot leaner or quote unquote was more aesthetic, but over the past, like I would say a couple of years through the work we we're talking about before of getting alone, being alone, forced alone and figuring out who I was and what I wanted that radically changed who I was and what I wanted in the gym and in the kitchen. And when I got true and honest with myself, I was like, I really don't care if I have six pack abs. Like I'm totally fine with my sometimes two and a half. Um, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm more concerned about like, am I not diabetic? Because that runs in our family. Am I, I'm more concerned about keeping a healthy weight. I'm more concerned about preserving my strength and just being active and thankful that I can move because of, like I said, the injuries and stuff that I went through in the military, like there was a time when I was like bedridden for months. And to me, I care more about just getting up and being active and moving around and looking good, feeling good. Um, because there was a time in my life when I couldn't, and there are genetic factors, diabetics, things like that in our family, like I said. And so I, I really got clarity around who I was and that was the most necessary action, necessary catalyst for me to figure out what I wanted. And that 100% carries over into the gym in the kitchen and life. And, you know, that's why I have no remorse now going to the brewery, grabbing a pizza, um, usually only after a day I've, you know, done leg day because you can eat whatever you want on leg day, right? <laughs> exactly. Dietitian says so. so must be true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, redefining success, redefining what you want out of life and your own health by living a life ever forward, nicely tied together with a pretty bow, drop, <laughs> bike drop, right? There it is. <laughs> so good, Claire. Chase, thank you so much for gracing us over here on Yours Truly with your presence. I highly appreciate your time. I know everyone else does as well. Um, For anyone listening, if you are loving what you're hearing on the Yours Truly podcast, make sure to leave us some stars to indicate your level of likeness, if that's even a word. I'm not sure. Um, Make sure to leave us a comment, a rating. Tell us what you learned from this episode, what your takeaway was. And of course, if you are very moved and inspired by the message that Chase, Chase and I shared. Be sure to screenshot, share it on social media, share it with your dog. I don't know, anyone with paws. So <laughs> that is all that we have for you today, Chase. Thank you again. And yours truly, Claire and Chase Tuning. Tongue twister. <laughs> Claire, thank you so much. It's been an honor. Uh, your show is amazing. You've come so far. Like I remember telling you your first episode. I was like, yep, she's got it. So um Seriously, listening right now, put down the phone. Or actually, don't put down the phone. Pause the podcast. Go leave a rating and review. It really, really does help the show grow a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And we will see you guys on the flip side. <laughs>